Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi again. Tonight is Cosmic Collaborations. It's May 25th, 2019, and so Talk Cosmos opens with Gemini Cosmic Collaborations. Kicking off the Gemini with four commentaries, voicing thoughts about an archetypal energy, fundamental to Gemini, shape-shifting trickster. Why, what, how? Saturday program repeats this following Thursday morning, May 30th at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And it fits one of my favorite sayings, sunrise and set. Tonight's in the evening, Thursday's in the morning. The three Gemini Cosmic Collaboration guests spoke during season one. And I will mention the archives that are available. If you go to talkcosmos.com, you'll find the schedule, guests, and the audio archive link. The Gemini Cosmic Collaboration segments will be by Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan, evolutionary-oriented astrologer from Seattle, Washington, that's myself, scheduled next Saturday, June 1st, Petra Tauschert, certified evolutionary astrologer, host of music podcast, Astroscapes, from Sebastopol, California. Archives were in 2018 for the Taurus, May 5th, and for Virgos, September 15th. And then in segment one, it was 2019 in Pisces, which was March 9th. Sarah Stromley, evolutionary astrologer who studies horary, astrocartography, and medical astrology from Redmond, Washington. And the archives in 2018 were for Virgo in September 1st and Capricorn December 22nd, near the solstice. Jeff Peters, graduate of Stephen Forrest Evolutionary Master Level Astrology, following energy work through shamanism from Port Townsend, Washington. Archives in 2018 were in the beginning for Taurus, April 21st, and in 2019, still segment one, February 23rd. To begin Gemini Cosmic Collaborations, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos host and evolutionary-oriented astrologer from Seattle, Washington. You know, shape-shifting and trickster energy both essentially relate to Mercury, the first mutable energy of the zodiac. What you see isn't exactly what you get. The very nature of Mercury's orbit shifts our vision. You know, every year it orbits three times around the sun and it shows up at dawn as a morning star or at dusky twilight as an evening star. But so close to the sun, it's almost many times always invisible through the sun's bright light called under the beams. All shape-shifting occurs on an energy level. Though physically we grow from conception to adulthood, our body changes over the years, 
aging, but showing lifestyle attitudes because thoughts and emotions affect our energy field. Optionally, you know, we change roles, our families, friends, neighborhoods. We experience collectively society and cultural changes. And stories abound with transformative shapeshifters and tricksters. Currently, Mary Poppins finds a resurgence in the movies, along with a batch of films about people exchanging each other's bodies, not so different really from Dickens' Prince and the Pauper, the boys that exchange places, or Shakespeare, A Midsummer Night's Dream, Love Went Wrong with a Love Potion, acting like a trickster, pulling the rug out. The trickster energy breaks taboos, destroys duality, exposes illusions, challenges worldly rules, even celebrates a holy madness to be a time creator and destroyer while shattering paradigms, old paradigms, with a frolic humor to loosen our shadows of wounds and become whole again. Many animals belong to this totem. Coyote in Native American culture, the rabbit in the moon, often seeing a hair on its face, a symbol of fertility and rebirth, the fox, and also the raven, famous again with Native American culture. In everyday language today, people use the expression of going down that rabbit hole or not going down that rabbit hole. The analogy connects experiencing endless trip without a simple end in sight. Yet really, the rabbit hole Alice in Wonderland famously fell into connotes a changed pers- perspective, unlike anything once considered normal. Alice in Wonderland's rabbit hole changes all the possibilities. It brings up chaos. For instance, the Cheshire cat in Alice in Wonderland that slowly fades away and leaves a gaping smile. Alice says she's seen a cat without a grin, but a grin without a cat? Very curious. Most things she ever saw in her life. And Lewis Carroll, the author, had the Mad Hatter ask a riddle question. Later he said he had no intention it would be answered. How is a raven like a writing desk? asked the Mad Hatter. And it portrays the fact there are riddles in life. Why do we need this shape-shifting trickster energy? To break people's stuck resistance, heal the rejected shadows, and reunite our wholeness. Because life evolves on a continual basis, just like water, a liquid held by the land, falling from the sky, in clouds as fogs, clouds and hard as ice. A bird's song transforms the day. And I just read, they don't sing to tell an answer, they sing because they have a song. Yeah, they lift us to the beauty and love of life. Changes transforming occur on every level. The world operates on a change basis, constantly shifting our environment. Seasons, temperatures, the magnetic poles. In February, scientists had to change the world magnetic model 
to adjust for erratic changing electromagnetic North Pole. Needs it for GPS navigation for the air, the sea, or smartphones. And it was sooner. It was going to happen in five years, which was in 2000 at the end of the year. But our magnetic north is heading towards Siberia a little quicker than they figured. Of course, the sun is hurtling northward towards Vega star. In 13,000 years, Polaris, our north star, will now be at Vega. Just like Polaris replaced Thurban, which was the north star during Babylonia in 3000 BC, changes happen. Many cultures use trickster sh shape-shifting archetypal energy to break up energies to allow a new perspective. And the Lakota Indians use a sacred clown called Heyoka. That's H-E-Y-O-K-H-A. It's a mirror and teacher. Extreme behavior for to bring up doubts and hatreds, weaknesses, to heal shame and provoke laughter or fear from chaos. You know, when people are too secure and take themselves too seriously, it fools around asking hard questions that others are too afraid to talk about or think. And so people look at things in a different way, like breaking the ice. And these sacred clowns actually serve to shape the tribal codes. They're without constraints. They, the taboos. So that the questions of the boundaries and the, the moral conduct can be questioned and redetermined. And for people as it's said by John Fire Lame, dear, who lost everything, endured much death and sadness, laughter's a precious gift. We were starving and watching the pranks and capers of Heoka was a blessing. You know, I had a good jazz musician friend in a Gemini, and he frequently would quip, mind over matter, but if you don't have a mind, it doesn't matter. You know, in Greek mythology, Vulcan plotted to expose his wife Venus' infidelity with Mars, catching them in a net, and he announced it to the gods. But instead of shaming and judgment, Hermes prompted their laughter because he claimed he'd gladly be with Aphrodite, or Venus, even if the gods saw him. And that new truth welcomed the reality that no matter what others thought, no matter the consequences, the experience of love was worth it. You know, laughter releases resistance and lifts a new bond. Clowns operate like tricksters inside and outside of time with impersonal actions. We can witness because they seem outside the norm. So they can do anything. Clowns like the court jester enter the sublime, the ridiculous, the unrecognized truth and reality we may be blinded to recognize or accept due to the earlier you know, elemental force of fixed, concentrated, established form. 
It tells us there's light behind the darkness. Comic books tell the world it may be way ahead in the future. You know, things like sci-fi. And then, much like the fool advising the king, the truth comes out later and the public's been warmed up to the idea. Could this be a similar psychology? Comics like the clown or the jester or the fool are outsiders of our parameters of accountable responsibility to uphold the norm, the conditioned, the acceptable manners we agree with in the consensus. Everything begins with imagination. Countless stories change our sense of normal experience, like Mary Poppins, her magic umbrella, Alice in Wonderland, growing larger smaller, her size. Wizard of Oz, entering a land where scarecrows talked and found they had brains, and the secret to go home was always part of you. Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, and the ship that sailed in the night. Shakespeare, Midsummer's Night Dream. Faust. Today's shape-shifting processes live in our consciousness such as astral projection. Numerous time travel movies from old days to new days in every way, shape, and form. Evolution, the concept occurring at different non-linear rates. So what prompts this renewal in our soul, in our existence, in a primary finite foundational basis, the cycle of the planets represent the shifting patterns of life. Closest to the sun, by the very virtue of its path around the sun, Mercury shares its message of traveling between above and below, just as the Hermetic Code pronounces. Gemini produces shape-shifting trickster energy of shape-shifting god-morphing, Castor and Pollux, the Gemini brother twins sharing mortality and immortality. The Gemini archetype further develops the Taurus theme of spirit-filling form to evolving communication between spirit and form. Gemini twins born from Zeus impregnated their mortal Spartan queen mother, Leda, as a swan, the symbol of Venus, grace, and love. Mortal Castor and immortal Pollux represent this apparent duality. Gemini explores and deciphers its environment, and the process travels through the mind everywhere, tangible and not. The twins, mortal Castor and immortal Pollux, though separated by Castor's inevitable mortal death, were re- reunited to travel and share heavens and below to Hades. And it signifies our ability to relate to life's spiritual dimension, no matter the twist and turns. Even earlier than the Greek Hermes, Roman Mercury was an earlier form of Hermes. A deity called Ningishzida, ancient Sumeria, Mesopotamia, the cradle of civilization, 
between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, modern-day Iraq. Ningisha carried the caduceus, a rod comprised of the tree of life with a male and female serpent entwined around it with their heads facing each other. The snake sheds its skin, prompted its essential connection to eternal, eternal life's renew signified by the coded tree of life. Hermes is the winged messenger of the gods, free to travel anywhere, like the earlier Ningish Zeta, a psychopomp who takes souls to the underworld of Hades, ruled by Pluto. Gemini, the messenger between spirit and matter, the twins represent the pathways between a constant motion or in some relationship between higher consciousness related to spirit and our manifest visible to perception through physical matter. Hermes, the alchemist magician, ruling the transitional zones of life of dawn and dusk, when its wandering star of the planet Mercury shows, the traveler of crossroads, the era of the equinox, with shifting light, like the trickster bringing gifts of illumination through play, truthful revelation, and ultimate balancing. If you search and find the trickster inside, you'll find what's attracting lessons and maybe perhaps we can learn to laugh with. That was your host of Talk Cosmos, Sue Rose Minahan, introducing the Gemini archetype. And coming up next, you'll hear from Petra Tauschert for a brief discussion of Gemini as it relates to shape-shifting and being a trickster. We are in the time of Gemini, which is the first Mercury-ruled sign, and it is a yang air sign, mutable air, yang, extroverted, like coming out of Taurus, which is yin, earth, and a receptive sign, where everything is, if we think, you know, the way that nature works, with the spark of Aries, starting into the equinox period of time like like spring is born and then and then we spend some time growing and being low to the ground and taking things slow and there's a lot of melding ourselves and expanding and kind of looking up towards the sun and then when we shift into gemini we get into this this lifted expanded mental aerial parts part of life and we naturally come to the concept of shape-shifting and shape-shifting is something that a lot of cultures consider to be part of the shamanic tradition and there's there's many different shamanic cultures who whatever the sacrament is that's ingested the goal is to be able to in a visionary state shapeshift into different animals and potentially different beings too t- for the for the intention of understanding different parts of life trickster is another quality that gemini has in terms of if we refer to the shapeshifting and the shapeshifting being related to the twins to the nature of gemini as a need to split apart and to know itself. 
and in a way, you know, like humans are gods splitting off and becoming something to know itself. And so Gemini is further doing that bifurcation. And then, you know, Gemini splits because it wants somebody to have a conversation with. And it makes me think of the back in the um, Hall of Justice and the Hall of Doom when I was a kid, the like cartoons where there was the Wonder Twins and they had their Wonder Twin powers. And when they would activate, one of them could turn into some form of water and one of them could turn to some sort of animal, I think it was. And between the two of them, they would inevitably work together in some way using those two different facets of self to solve their problem, solve a crime, save the day. And so Gemini still does that. Like, if one's good, then two must be better. And the capacity to, to turn in and tune in and figure out more about what's going on because Gemini needs to navigate. It needs to orient. It needs to know <clears throat> what's going on. It needs to know the names of things. It needs to know the customs, the language, the dress code, which is fashion, etc. And so by, by there being more than one self, there's more surface area and thus more ability to, to like figure out what's what and thus survive like it's a survival skill every sign has a survival skill and for Gemini it is this ability to to know to know the name of things to know what's going on to not be in the dark at all so if there's more surface area then you know two is great but what about four what about eight what about 16 you know the splitting can keep going and Gemini has that nature of being a multifaceted gem and an integrated Gemini can know all the different parts of self and work <clears throat> within the different parts of self, but an unintegrated or traumatized Gemini sometimes can split off a little bit into schizoid selves and not necessarily have traction between the different parts of self. And then, so the trickster part is partly the shape-shifting as an ability to suddenly be something else completely. So something else to get to know life from, something else to to have life see you, just a different way of, of interacting with the world. After the, hor the heaviness of Taurus, Gemini really wants to be super light and just be able to float about kind of like a butterfly butterflies and to get to drink on all the different nectar and so the shape-shifting even applies to the butterfly where we start out with the heaviness of like the Taurian <clears throat> caterpillar eating lots of food and then rising up and going into this alchemical state where there's a shape-shifting transformation that is taking place within the cocoon and the imaginal cells that are dreaming up the next shape that it will emerge as and you know like the miracle of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly is something that we take for granted here but it if really seen in its true light it's a spectacular miracle <clears throat> and so the effectiveness of being able to change shapes midstream to be able to you know achieve different things that is part of Gemini's capacity too I mean some of the criticism of Gemini is that they aren't grounded enough and there isn't enough cohesion, but, but that's their job to be able to, 
to, to, you know, there's two Mercury ruled signs. There's Virgo and there's Gemini. And Gemini is at the point where it's just like pure, pure data search, the pure urge to just figure out what's what. And, and then Virgo comes along later and begins to organize this with purpose. But Gemini isn't there yet. Gemini just needs to know what is happening, like where, what direction is the wind blowing? What time of the year is it? What's the name of that plant? Can we eat that plant or is it medicinal? Uh, you know, on and on. What's the name of that bird? What's the name of that stream? And if these things aren't named, Geminis can be the ones that help do the naming. If we think, you know, in the Bible stories, one can't help but think of Cain and Abel as those original brothers, siblings, and that, again, bifurcation, in this case of, like, the good brother and the bad brother, and how primal that story is. I mean, that's pretty early on in the Bible, I think. I'm not a Bible scholar, but I remember it from some Sunday school stuff. And just, like, that archetypal sibling more than oneself, like, just different different selves getting to interface with life and getting to interface with knowing what life is all about in that way. And the trickster quality is in, you know, that ultimately I think that the duality is an illusion and that our souls exist in a place beyond, beyond the duality, yet here in the earth plane, what it is that we're doing here, there's purpose in the duality. And so the trickster nature of that, that there needs to be a good and a bad, you know, when we study the Tao and we see the yin and the yang, and we know that seemingly here on earth, there is a mix of both. And so Gemini is the first duality sign that we come to. And so it's the first kind of split into that sense of that there's self and there's other and how important that piece is for learning about self in life. So the dual Gemini shape-shifting trickster sign will carry us all the way to summer solstice. And the mutable signs are the signs that are in charge of helping us break down and close down a season as we prepare to initiate another one. And so as we cross the summer solstice point of the year, we will cross into the cardinal water sign of cancer. And so this is maximum aeration, maximum sunlight, maximum heat, warmth, light in the northern hemisphere, which is where... Western astrology was created, so observing these patterns are, you know, cor they do correlate with the magic of this time. And all of the pollination, all of the gathering, all of the socializing, all of the... It's like Gemini is the time to do all the things. And so it is supported by this light, airy, you know, I mean, it's... It's mutable, but it's yang. So it's an outgoing mind capacity to maximize the ability to learn about the environment and about the self in relationship to the, to the environment through the mind. And that is what I have to say about shapeshifting in Gemini. You just heard from Peter Tauscher an evolutionary astrologer and host of the Astroscapes radio show. 
At this time, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have our next guest, Sarah Stromley. This is a cosmic collaboration from Talk Cosmos. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Hi there, this is Shannon Hayes from Seattle, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back to Talk Cosmos, and this week you're listening to a cosmic collaboration which brings together shorter segments of individual guests speaking about an archetype. Now let's hear from our next astrologer, Sarah Stromley, who will be speaking about the measurement aspects of Gemini and making connections. Thank you, Sue. I love your show. It's such an honor to join you again. And I appreciate this invitation to speak on a different angle on Gemini and... So I'll briefly highlight some things I find fascinating and tricky about Gemini. Um, Besides its planetary ruler and the element Quicksilver, they they speak to themes of speed and being slick, difficult and impossible to track at times. So um, astronomers have had their reputations damaged from claiming to know Mercury's patterns, placement, timing, reappearance on the ecliptic. And... Luckily, we have better technology in studying this. Quicksilver, known as the element mercury, is really the most unique element considered a metal since it melts at room temperature. Uh, But it's been invaluable, and it speaks well to Gemini because it, it relates to all forms of measuring. Temperature, weather, leveling instruments that are required for construction, architecture, design... It's within clocks, space equipment, heavily used in light bulbs, although many of these things are being phased out for environmental concerns. Um, But it relates to Gemini and, and how it's essential for our making connections to many things, and, and that's their gift. Uh, Modern archetypes for Gemini seem to have unique gift for playing within darker circumstances while seemingly able to evade being labeled or even tainted like the rest of us mere mortals. Um, You can see this in charming and always forgivable characters like Peter Pan, Jack Sparrow, the character of Pirates in the Caribbean played by famous Gemini Johnny Depp, And that character was a career thief and raging alcoholic. Um, Game of Thrones, Littlefinger. This is a classic shadow 
character of Gemini. He could always penetrate powerful political dynamics and made important and needed connections between opposing sides. Um, even though his aid seemed essential, one was left to speculate <clears throat> what that angle was, how that was being played, and how much of it helped or hurt their circumstances. Uh, in predictive astrology uh, called horary, there's a specific technique for finding missing items. And there's a rule that if Mercury and Gemini um, is prominent and adversely placed as the subject for the querent, that means the client or questioner, Theft is the most apparent and unquestioned outcome. Uh, so Mercury also rules medicine and astrology. However, this Quicksilver has a long and sordid history, tricking physicians since the earliest recorded times for its healing powers. Uh, there's been multiple and bizarre historical references of pharaohs and kings from Egypt, Mexico, Tibet, and China that have fatally consumed and even bathed in mercury in a misguided attempt of finding immortality. And although mercury is widely and effectively used in bacterial infections, or at least used to be, um, most notably for syphilis, the side effects equal or worse than the disease there. So interestingly, it was the very treatment for Lewis and Clark that has since enabled our ability to very accurately map their route in their initial exploration of the United States, since it was Mercury that appeared in all of the places where they urinated. So in ancient Christian and Hellenistic medical astrology, uh, when mutable signs like Gemini are shown as significators by sign, planet, or placement, concerns are elevated because that is usually an indicator of metastasizing or mutating tissue and circumstances that are tricky to navigate since the source and speed of the condition are extremely difficult to contain. And I'd just like to briefly touch on, instead shifting gears here, what's a joyous transition and return of Mercury to its home sign and the solar ingress that started on Tuesday the 21st, re-energizing the themes and joys of Gemini. And this is generally the time when it's easier to be versatile, social, and to entertain interests. And um, and it's still true. There's just a small fly in the salad here until June 3rd. Um, when there's a larger-than-life Jupiter that's in Sag, that is powerful there, and it's opposing Mercury and Gemini, as well as Neptune and Pisces, ruler of Pisces and very nebulous is also in a very tense square aspect is confusing every good theory 
produced up until now. So it could seem that there's either people or circumstances or limited technology that can grandstand or outmaneuver some of the best intentions. So this will pass. Keep your defenses down. Keep curious and pondering possibilities. You don't want to miss any inflated misinterpretations as well as juicy considerations or overreact to anything that may not be completely true. There's a lot that's inflated. So, but after June 3rd, some fresh new insights um, all around all of this will become useful. So when I tune into flowers and elements, um, here's a few that I think are really harmonizing for Gemini right now and that Gemini undertone and energy right now. And one is Halite. It's a gem elixir spelled H-A-L-I-T-E. It's a mineral rich salt that has a unique bacteria our body likes. I like the pink variety that comes from Poland. There's and to me, that kind of relates to a, a health trend that I've seen of people sitting in salt mines and detoxifying this way and are replicating this through um, salt rooms. So the rich salts release negative ions as well that's mood elevating and it helps the lungs, which is a body part ruled by Gemini. And in Chinese medicine, the lungs carry grief. So um, energetically, I think Halite's really good for targeting the sense of inadequacy, insecurity, loneliness, self-esteem, and acceptance issues. It's both heart opening and it aids both the etheric and, and in physical cleansing. And it also lends an awareness of these judgy thoughts that may be bouncing around and as they come to the surface um, they can be allowed to be released with just more kindness and forgiveness and this process I've found really aids in incorporating improved habits and flowers flower elixirs that I find especially healing at this time are Nicotania and baby blue eyes uh, Nicotania is an excellent one for both the heart and lungs. It's magical in tuning into a spacious, peaceful place between the heart and breath. So some can get really ensnared in this modern lifestyle with a constant upward focus. And the juggling act has an increasing hardening on the physical composition and blunts, blunting emotions and reducing a sense of appreciation for what's both subtle and meaningful. And overuse of the stimulants around this can lend a false projection of the ability to handle more and more. So when the heart is left unacknowledged, there's finer etheric sensibilities and feeling that are just blocked. And so I love how this flower stimulates 
and awakens the heart and it lends an ability to recognize important thresholds as well as having reverence and appreciation for how feelings give us an authentic connection to our present moment. Um, Baby Blue Eyes is awesome for being in allowance and restoring one's core sense and innate sweetness, learning to recognize what's good within oneself, others, and in the world. Um, This is also one that's really good for those that are unsure of themselves and unable to trust in the goodness of others. So this is common where there's been a lack of emotional support and healthy relationships um, surrounding a person. So, um, but this is really good. Baby blue eyes is great for recognizing what's good within the self, good with good within others and with the world and thereby having more of those experiences and being receptive and expressing that and connecting with it. So please note that uh, most flowers are poisonous. So unless they are listed as safe for consumption, um, leave them alone. So elixirs I use in my practice have no plant parts or toxicity. They're sustainably sourced and safely taken internally or sprayed or applied topically. If you're interested in more of that, you can find me at brainbodytherapy.com. And um, may you enjoy the lightness and effervescence that the energy and consciousness of Gemini can bring this season. That was Sarah Stromley, the founder of Brain Body Therapy, who studies medical astrology. And last but not least is our final guest for the Gemini Cosmic Collaboration, Jeff Peters, also known as the Lively Astrologer, who will take us through a journey of Gemini. Hi, Jeff Peters here, astro shapeshifter or the Lively Astrologer. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and I do enjoy the experience of astrology. So welcome to Gemini. We arrive at this third level of experience in our journey of incarnation. Opening up our senses, we hear many things about who we could be or shouldn't be. We are impressionable and may attempt to mold ourselves into the forms offered to us from all sides. The curiosity factor remains supreme and input is sought constantly. Rules arrive to make an attempt to contain these appetites, but there is distant beckoning that seems to entice us to explore just a bit further than the constraints dictate warn us of. No, no, no. If you follow that distant siren song, you will have to do battle with Medusa. The warning signs flash out, and yet, what can it profit but to take a peek? The neighbors are doing it. My brother said he had once wandered into these realms. Ponder, ponder, and ponder some more. Is this Pandora's box? The seeking tentacles of the far-reaching Sagittarius call to explore and penetrate deeply into your becoming conscious journey of what it might mean to become a self. The teacher has opened a door ajar, but for some reason halts 
before it is completely open. Your girl or boyfriend has set limits on what it is appropriate if you are to stay together. Your visit to the comic and magazine section at the store is brought up just short of the adult section. The siren sings a forlorn melody, melody that seems to haunt the edges of your seemingly fragmented spirit. Whatever age we find ourselves at when we come up against these real or imagined boundaries, there are hooks and anchors set at varying depths of our storyline, most likely implanted by others as they expressed concern for our well-being that at the time seemed appropriate. The Gemini archetype being seduced by a Sagittarian tale of that greener side of the hill ahead attempts to awaken us calling from a profound depth indicating we are not all we came to be yet. Now, you have to ask yourself, how is it that I am able to leap over these imaginary or real walls that seem placed in my path forwards? Gird up your loins, my friend, for we are about to venture into a realm that may seem fantasy at first as we prepare to venture a step or two past where you have been warned not to go. Can I inform you that it will be safe? No. Could there be pain of varying degrees you will encounter? Yes. Will there be opportunity to grow meaningfully? That depends on you. The only question left is, are you ready to go anyway? Insight could be described as the ability to attain vision or awareness of something that resides within. Many seek to expand their life experience by filling their moments with investigations of matters surrounding them. Perhaps a large portion of the sought-after stimulation actually has a seemingly firm foothold in our innermost reaches. There are moments when I wish that I could telepathically send my dreamscape to my computer in dictation form. This is one of those mornings when so much was transpiring, I needed to arise early to capture as much as possible before the mists of Avalon swallowed them once again. Recently, I was requested to present a 12-minute oral recording that encompassed the upcoming shift to the Gemini archetype and possibly engage with the nature of shape-shifting. While I sense the connection that exists between these energy signatures, I can only attempt to whet your appetite in these matters as I invite you to participate on an investigative journey between the threads of life being woven continuously by forces we sometimes get invited to share in. Four mutable signs begin with Gemini and proceed on to Virgo, Sagittarius, and culminate with Pisces before revolving around for the next cycle. Each of these archetypes has the responsibility to allow for a shift from the gathered energies of the particular quadrant they bring to a close and make changes in preparation for initiation by the next cardinal sign. In this journey, I would ask consideration of Mercury. Hey, Mercury. This morning, the trickster and shapeshifter currently dancing its way through Gemini arrived almost simultaneously with the sun was dictating to me to stitch together a thread connecting these mutable moments of the zodiac. 
Beginning with Gemini, there is a stream of curiosity that we might perceive as the end of a thread to grasp hold of. This, as we follow it, draws to us thoughts, perceptions, questions, and then again, more thoughts, perceptions, and questions. Soon the potential of satiation is reached where there is minimal room left to seek more. At this point, the Virgo archetype steps in and grapples to unravel this ball of thread and begin to stitch together with it a fabric that has some structure to it from the seemingly endless amount of information Gemini has gathered. I would interject here that any attempt to separate these mutable archetypes might actually destroy the weaving process in the making of this cloth. Sagittarius retrieves from Virgo a version of the woven storyline to try on. There is the perceived value added requirement of sharing this process with the greater other or all with as varied a background as one is able to interact with. While this is transpiring, Gemini is still busy gathering more balls of thread and Virgo is stitching together varying tapestries to offer for Sagittarius to try on and share with the gathering groups of others. There's a shift transpiring at this point. As back down through the thread line, there is a feedback loop to stimulate Gemini to focus in particular directions so that the available thread material begins to alter by requirements of refinement. Pisces enters this, the scene at this penultimate mutable moment. Remember how each of these mutable experiences is in the process of setting in motion change protocol to prepare for the next initiation point? When Pisces is engaged, there is a message on the board that reads something like this. There is a gossamer thread available to utilize in the fabrication of a robe that could be worn during this ultimate refinement of what it means to be, and it is this that you, Gemini, should seek. Enter the energy of Shapeshifter. The gossamer thread is made of an energetic and connective fiber such that while understanding that H2O is two atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen to make up water, there is as well a vehicle available to make it rain. This may be seen as an energy wave of the water cycle that we can allow our capacity to engage with by becoming as water in its many forms simultaneously. This requires tuning into a matrix of threads or energy lines or a stream of consciousness that makes up everything and spreads across the whole of the universe. Once there, one can dance along these superhighways of connective lines, the web of life, in tune to and to tune into the essence of anything that exists. Pisces is the conversation with source and as such refabricates by tapping into everything that has made this moment possible by removing all the threads no longer required for a next new moment to transpire. This is where the shapeshifter is granted access to areas such as the Akashic records and the spinning of the gossamer robes appropriate for each moment to embrace. It may require some focused attention to discover the cloak of the shapeshifter, but we all have an awareness of and capacity to embrace this aspect of ourselves. So now, 
that that Gemini aspect of our makeup is being tuned into, are you ready to locate the end of a gossamer tendril of the whole? Well, thank you, everybody. It was wonderful segments and a fantastic audience. And to announce that next week on Saturday, June 1st, that repeats the following Thursday, June 6th at 6 a.m., we're welcoming Petra Tauschert, a certified evolutionary astrologer and host of music podcast Astroscapes from Sebastopol, California. We'll be joining the Talk Cosmos conversation. We'll be discussing Gemini New Moon at 12 degrees, 34 minutes. And that's very close to the Gemini Venus star point that occurs next year on June 3rd, 2020, when the Sun and Venus conjoin exactly at 13 degrees, Gemini 36 minutes. So it's always a matter of checking the times right now and next year. There could be similarities of avenues of direction of thought, another phasal follow through because here it's with your will and there it'll be with your heart, Venus. So I'm so glad again for your interest in this second seasons that includes Gemini cosmic collaborations. It'll continue for the year. And this show, May 25th, will repeat May 30th at 6 o'clock in the morning again on that Thursday. And that's Pacific Daylight Time. Talk Cosmos is aired on 1150 KKNW. It's a radio station here in Seattle. And it's online with a live listen button just at 1150kknw.com or the app KKNWAM. It's instant. Just click it. If you go to our website, talkcosmos.com, there you can find the audio archives link that dates back to our start, April 7, 2018. It includes all the guests we've had with their bios and information, the entire schedule that shows all the various past programs affiliated with each of these archetypes. So until next week, here's a grand toast to celebrate what sustains your life force with health, wealth, happiness, and the time to enjoy them all for each and every one. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.